Hello, welcome to York Street. We hope that this sermon will be an inspiring and impactful one, just what you need at this time. For any of our sermon-based studies, please head to our website at www.yorkstreet.com.ae. So grab a cuppa, grab your notebook, whatever you need, and we hope that you enjoy the sermon. Hey, um, we have a rich heritage here at York Street of sending people into the mission field. Um, we have a rich heritage of sending people here, there and everywhere around the world. Um, and we have a rich heritage of serving our community here in Ballarat. Um, over, over this month, as you, as you know, we're, we're looking at being the hands and feet. We're all called in different ways to be able to serve God's one mission, his one story uh, for humanity. And at the 9am service, we heard from uh, a couple of members from the, the Bartlett family in, in their adventures in, in Malawi over um, a season over there. And it's my pleasure to introduce Jules Sanders, uh, who's going to share some time with us today, sharing their experiences as a family um, in their time in Bolivia. So, Jules, round of applause for Jules. Yep. Welcome. Thank you. Yeah. I'm petrified. <laughs> it's all right. We're, we're just hanging out on the couch. Okay. Can I look at you and not... Yeah, sure. <laughs> Don't mind all of those people just joining it, in our conversation. It was supposed to be my whole family and they've all ditched me, so you're just stuck we're with me today. We're a family. We'll be a family. <laughs> hey, um, Jules, welcome. Uh, your family includes yourself and your husband, Ben, and your two children, Max and Ruby. Yep. Um, and I'm led to believe that you spent some time in overseas mission. What did that look like? Can you give us a bit of an intro to that? Uh, so we lived in Bolivia in South America um, for three years, or just over three and a half years, so in between 2014 and 2017. Yeah, awesome. Um, we did various different things. This feels like a little bit of a snapshot of my life at the moment. But <laughs> um, So I worked in family violence here in Australia before we left. So I worked at a women's refuge over there, um, supporting women who were affected by family violence. Um, we also worked with some street children. So this magazine here uh, was something that Ben produced. He's an illustrator. Um, so he designed and illustrated a magazine that was sold by street kids. Um, and our children were involved in being part of that too, which was really cool for them. Um, and then he also produced a, the illustrations for a children's curriculum, um, a Bible curriculum that was used in churches. Awesome. So cool. What does it look like being called into mission like that? God doesn't just ring us on the phone, which would be a lot easier really wish sometimes. Did. <laughs> but what does it look like being called into something that's so vastly different to maybe what we, we think is our normal life here in Australia? It was very different for both Ben and I. So Ben always felt some call of mission. He did his first mission trip at age 19. He went to India. Um, he was prophesied over in a church and said he was going to go to other nations. I spoke to the person prophesying afterwards and said, I think you got the wrong person. Um, I was definitely someone who needed the lightning bolt or the lump of 4B2 <laughs> from God to... But there was something in me that was curious about it. Um, so before we had children, we were married. Um, ben had recently had the prophecy, which I ignored. <laughs> um, but I was curious. So 
um, not long after, or Ruby was 15 months old, and I said to God, I need to know how to do this as a family, because it's not just me, it's not just Ben, we're a family. So how do you do mission with kids? It's just, I couldn't get my head around it. I'm also a very practical, very much a doing person. So I didn't want to go to the other side of the world somewhere and just be at home with my own family, because I can do that here. <laughs> so I needed to know how I fit in a plan of mission. So we went over to Thailand, because that was close and I'd never been on a plane. Um, so we went to Thailand um, and we just organised our own thing. We saw various different missionaries doing lots of different things. We saw singles and couples and families doing lots of different things. And the one that struck me, which was very not me at the time, um, was a, a family who were living in a slum in Bangkok. And, and I spent time with them and I said to Ben, I could do this, I could live in a slum in Bangkok with my family. And Ben just looked at me like I had two heads because that was so far from what I, where I was before that. Um, I, I was working in the corporate world though at the time and I didn't know how, what would I do? I didn't have anything to offer. I worked in safety and risk. That was really, when you go to a third world country, safety and risk is not something that you can use. I just didn't know how I could be used by God. So it took a lot longer for me to get there. Um, ben always had a thing for Bolivia and he can't even put his finger on it. Um, so we decided in 2012 to go, just to go and just check it out and see some people and see what they were doing and travel around and just see if we got an inkling. We got more than an inkling. We just got a passion for the people. Um, I still had that, what am I gonna do <laughs> thing, but I did know what I was drawn to and that was women. That was women that were suffering and, and it was kids. It was kids that just, um, life was really hard and it wasn't their fault, it was just where they were born. And that was my passion. And so I said to God, I'm willing to go, but I don't know what I'll do. Um, so for the next little while, it was really about, God needed to change something. I'd already sort of started working in some welfare stuff, um, but I wasn't trained in family violence and that was a massive issue in South America. So I asked God to fix that. I said, I, I need some skills. So I started volunteering um, in family violence here in Australia. And um, my boss said to me one day, Jules, what, what's, what are you passionate about? What do you want to do in your future? This is not a Christian organisation. This is a secular organisation. And I said, I want to live overseas and I want to work in family violence. And she said, how can I help? And I said, I need training. And she said, great, I'll train you. So a secular organisation in Australia trained me to be a missionary, knowing that I would go. <laughs> so was that the confirmation you needed? I kind of, yeah. D yeah, yeah. I think, it was, I think that was the lump of 4B2. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, what became um, your, your ministry was actually something you could um, offer to Bolivia. Yeah. Um, and yeah, God affirmed that all the way. <laughs> in, a, in a big way. <laughs> hey, over the past couple of weeks, we've been talking about um, marrying these ideas of, of practical need in the world. 
when we see there's so much brokenness and so much, so much need in the world. And marrying that with our, our scriptural mandate of, of reaching people for the gospel. Um, are you able to share what that kind of looked like? How, how you were able to use the things you were doing as, um, in practical ways to be able to meet people where they're at for God? I think a lot of, we, we have this big idea of what missions is and it's so far from our reach, but for me, for a very long time, it was the little things. Um, we didn't speak the language, it's Spanish. It's really hard to learn Spanish when you're kind of nearly 40 <laughs> and you've never learned a language before. So language was a huge barrier for us for quite some time, um, but people read your face and they see your heart without having to necessarily have words. Um, one thing that stands out in my mind, it was very early on when we were in South America and this lady used to come past each day and pick up all the rubbish. She'd go through all of the bags of rubbish that were out on the street. So you just put your rubbish out on the street, they came and picked it up. And she would go through the rubbish and she'd be picking out food and things, but she'd also be picking out bottles and she would take them to get a little bit of money um, for recycling. And I would see her do that every day while washing my dishes at the front sink. And so I would be looking at her, and it just broke my heart every day, but I had no words because I didn't have any Spanish yet. We'd been there for a matter of weeks. Um, I, it just got the better of me. One day I just went down and went out the front and I stood beside her, and Ben took photos I didn't realise at the time from the kitchen. And I'm just rubbing her back and <laughs> not saying words, and <laughs> I gave her some bread, and... That was it. I didn't have anything else. It wasn't mind-blowing. It was just a little thing. But then a couple of days later, she was back and she looked up at the window. And so I went down. I gave her some bananas that day. And we had a chat <laughs> with no Spanish. Um, and it just was something that built. She just knew that I was there. And, and I just said I was praying for her. No words, just the symbols. <laughs> Um, but it was enough to know that there was a connection there with a local person. So for me, it was the little things for a really long time until I could find something that I could sink my teeth into. Um, we were a bit different than a lot of other missionaries in that we weren't necessarily connected to a church. Um, we went with pioneers, um, but we were very much independent. We weren't part of a church. I really wanted to, us to be part of the local community, um, so our children went to a local church, a local school, a Spanish-speaking school. Um, we lived at the back of someone's house, so we were part of their family. Um, and we very much just lived within our culture rather than lived within a Christian, already Christian community. So I worked at a government-run women's refuge. Um, the women said to me all of the time, why are you here? Because I wasn't a paid person. So there were social workers and different people that were paid to be there. So they turned up every day because they were paid to be there. I turned up every day, but I wasn't paid to be there. So that was really foreign to them. And they just kept asking, why are you here? Which just gave me opportunity to tell them while I was there. Mm. Which was just to love and care for them in really practical ways. Yeah, awesome. Just counselling, just loving them. My, the best conversations I had was making bread with them because that was we had to feed everyone in the refuge. So we made bread every day. So just doing something really practical, create a conversation. And so we've been looking at what mission can look like as, as a family. Um, and so not only 
did, did you head off, but you packed up your family and, and took them with you. How, how was that? <laughs> was that a challenge? Was there things it is that... a challenge. And I think as, as the mum, you, you want to, as the parent, you want to protect your child and you want to help them through that. You're going through your own emotions of leaving your family and your friends and your safety and your security and, for me, your control over everything. Um, you're leaving that behind, but you're also trying to help your kids to deal with those same things. They are saying goodbye to their friends. They're saying goodbye to their family. Um, they don't know what it looks like on the other side, and we don't either, but you have to reassure them in some way. So that's, it is a tricky thing. I think for us, once we got there, getting them involved really quickly was really important. Um, being able to explain to them seeing children on the street begging and why. Um, it was important for them to understand and for them to know what they could do to help with that. And what they can do is play with kids and just be with kids like they would if they were here. Um, so teaching them to just love and care and be kind and have fun with them, because that's what you would do if you were here, um, was really good. Being able to be part of the Inti magazine that Ben was, you know, designing and illustrating was really great for them too. So they would go out and walk around the plaza with the kids selling the magazine, they'd chat with them, they'd play with them. It was just really normal. Um, the difficulty was then going home to our house in Bolivia um, and knowing that they were going to a shack or they were going to sleep on the floor somewhere and they might have a meal, but if they've already had one today, they probably won't. So there was really lots of learning along the way as to um, that's emotional and difficult for us as adults, for kids to deal with that. It's, there's lots of questions. Um, but it was a really great experience as a family to learn those things together. Yeah, beautiful. So here's a deep one for you. Okay, I'm ready. Um, <laughs> how did um, your experience in, in Bolivia um, challenge or build your faith? Um, it was definitely every single day. <laughs> every, I think the difference is that here we're very comfortable and we can do things on our own. We are in control and, um, you know, we, we need finances so we work. We need um, food so we go to the supermarket and we buy it. Um, when you're somewhere else, there's the, for us there were some safety things as well, so... You are reliant on God for absolutely everything, every single day, for your safety, for um, generous people to give money so that you can continue to be there. <laughs> um, it's just you're relying on God every day for everything, um, for the words when, when English is your first language and where you are is not. Um, you're relying on God for that communication in some way. Um, every single day you're relying on God. Here we can say, well, you know, God's there, but I can do today. I don't necessarily need God today. Um, I can get through today without God. But that's not what we're designed to do, and that's not what we're here for. Um, we need him right beside us every day, prompting us with those little conversations. Otherwise, the, the opportunity is gone. And so those experiences that you, you had and that you've learned from, how, do, how have they equipped you for what you're doing now? How, how is it that um, returning back to Australia, what's that, that look like for you guys? Um, the big question I had when we went way back, when we went to Thailand for my check it out trip, um, 
was the sense of community that are in these poorer countries, the sense of needing each other and um, helping each other in really practical ways, you know, bartering with food and just really practical things. And they know all of their neighbours. In Bolivia it was the same. They know everybody. Um, and I was really challenged by that when we returned because we live often in streets and we don't know our neighbours and we don't talk to people and we live in our little bubble and we go to work and we go to school and we come home and we do our family and we don't know our neighbours necessarily. Um, we don't know what's going on for them and we don't know that they need our help sometimes. And that was a big thing for me. I, right. I need to know my neighbours because I did this over there and it was a really purposeful thing for me to get to know people and to see where I can, where we, where we could help in some way. Um, and I really wanted to do that back here. But we're a very different culture here. We're a little bit standoffish sometimes. And people, so I came back almost knocking on my neighbour's door. Hi, hi, I'm Jules. And I was really excited to try and meet people and get to know people. And... <laughs> that was not taken well to start with. Well, it was fine, but it was just different. Um, and the gently, gently approach was far better. Um, but meeting their practical needs. And I'm really proud of the fact that I love where we live in our street. We know absolutely everybody. We get along great. Force them, force them to, force them to yeah, know me. Yeah, yep. And, you know, we have a Christmas party at our house every year. And it's just great. And when they're in need, I know when they're in need. And we absolutely can help them with those little things. Um, so that was a really big thing for me. Um, I was kind of exhausted from family violence when we returned. Um, three years here, three years there was a lot and I needed a little bit of a change. I took some time to settle the rest of the family back in to living here. Kids were going to a real school um, that they hadn't been to for a long time. So that took some time. After that, um, I needed to find a purpose and for a, quite a few months I felt I didn't have a purpose anymore and it was, that was a difficult time. I'd settled everybody in, everyone was happy, kids were back at school, everything's great, now what? And that took some time for me to find. Um, I now work with people that are experiencing homelessness. I work with rough sleepers, they're the ones that are um, sleeping out in the bush or out in the, in the city and I absolutely love that. It's another opportunity to meet people where they're at which is often at rock bottom and I'd love just being there. I don't have a house for them. <laughs> I don't have the answer or the, all of the things that they need but I can just be there and walk alongside them in that time and meet some of their practical needs, food and you know, blankets and really practical things and that gives me opportunity to share Jesus with them and I just love it. I just love that that's a thing I can do in our own city. Um, I guess for me it's, it's always been that we need to do something <laughs> and we should be doing something but your going might not necessarily be going on a plane somewhere. Your going might be next door or across the road, or with a homeless person. <laughs> um, your, your going might be that you help finance someone else to go. Your going might be that you pray every day for that person because I know that we needed your prayers over there. We needed safety and we needed 
all of those really practical things. So your going might not be overseas. Your going might be around the corner. And that's just as important. And so if there was people in our congregation <laughs> looking to go somewhere, whether it be local or global or whatever incredible opportunity God might have for them, what would your advice be? Absolutely go. <laughs> and it's not worth sitting on because you just get hot and sweaty and uncomfortable <laughs> when you know that God's telling you something <laughs> and you're just not really listening <laughs> and you need the lump of 4B2. <laughs> um, I was someone who needed a lot of um, prompts from God. Um, it wasn't it wasn't that it wasn't clear. I probably knew a long time before we went that we were going. Um, but I did need... I'm a very organised and very practical person and I needed to know how it was going to work. And God honoured that because that was what I needed. Um, if you have any hesitations, talk to someone and talk to someone who's been and anyone who's been will always say, just go. Um, because the experience that you have in relying on God 100% every single day is not something that you can necessarily generate here in your comfort zone. It's something that you have to put it all on the line and just, there's no backup. You don't have any family over there. You don't have, you, you have to rely on God. That's all you've got. Um, and it's empowering and it's exciting and it's scary, but it's so worth it. Awesome. So, who's next? <laughs> hey, thank you so much, Jules, for your time today. Uh, it's been excellent to hear your awesome story. Um, I'd love to pray before we um, head on with the rest of the service. The band can come up when they're ready. Heavenly Father, we, we thank you for this incredible family. We thank you for Jules and Ben and their obedience to their call, uh, your call on their life. We, we thank you that the, for the impact that they've made in being your hands and feet to the people of Bolivia and to the people in their street. We, we, uh, we give you this opportunity to continue to work in their, their lives and we know that they, they have an incredible purpose in every, every step that they take. And we pray that you will continue to bless them and, and we thank you for them. In Jesus' name, amen.